For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's Pubcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode number three, Pizza and Sporting. My name is Tanzin, and I am joined by Maggie and Jess. Hello, hello. Hi. Today, we are discussing chapters four, five, and six. Dresden meets with Monica. She hires him to find her husband, Victor Sells, an amateur wizard who has been dabbling in magic and recently gone missing. She gives Dresden a scorpion charm that she claims Victor had been using, informs him of a lake house that they owned that she thinks he might have retreated to, and provides a $500 cash advance. Yeah, so chapter four, Harry heads back to the office and is uh, makes his deal, makes his case, makes his... I don't know. Get, gets his job from Monica. Gets his job. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of finds out. Um, and I, I think it is a couple of interesting points kind of there, like how she doesn't think he's mysteriously missing or anything, just gone. But she mentions that he's recently gotten into magic. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, there might be something. But she's like, I don't think. He's dabbling in the occult dabbling in the occult yeah and she's concerned because he's not the sort who's gonna up and ditch his family so clearly there must be something going yeah. on here and yet she sort of also wants to um um draw away from that a little well, bit right like she's also kind she, of like she doesn't want it to be magic but she also doesn't want to admit that her husband has just walked out on the family yeah so she's in this tough position between yeah. Both sides of this suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, exactly, right? Well, and everything about her seems really inconsistent, so, like, she's yeah. talking about him, her, her husband losing his job, becoming recluse, but then throws all this money around. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Well, okay, yeah, that that I could see simply from being that... A couple of things I can see that. I can see, one, that he had this good job at the Silver Co. Trading Company, so they're probably fairly set up they seem definitely like the type of couple who's got their savings in their nest egg so she probably doesn't have to panic yet um and it's a 500 dollars retainer she gives to harry so it's it's a fair bit of money to harry it's not like a five thousand dollar retainer either right and the other thing i can see is again monica being like they've they've explained her as being very like she's very well kept and neat she has like all the bits of information right she's like um here's a picture of my husband in like an envelope she's like here's the address to the lake house in an envelope here's your retainer in an envelope you're like you know like she's organized almost to a fault kind of a thing right and very so i can also see her very much having her own savings backup tucked away mad money whatever right that that completely separate from like any and all household finances like would never dream of touching the rent but she's got some money right so i can this see is a woman with a choice she's not you know on her knees living off the streets you're my last choice harry this is more like i have the benefit of choosing right who now. i go to in yeah. this moment yeah yeah because so. things have just happened right exactly yeah. like it's not like he lost his job like two years ago so exactly like in a lot of ways the people who come to harry are very last resort but this is one of those times when you know it she's this is a woman who really the police is the last resort for her so she's like yeah here's someone who's both towing the line of magic and police i'm gonna get a little bit of the best of both worlds 
but at the same time like you said she's kind of a study in opposite she also doesn't want it to be anything anything to do do with with magic or police in that way as well so yeah doesn't want to give the actual proper name yeah right so she's yeah to which Justin is eventually like okay well if you give me nothing but false information I cannot help you find this person like you right so yeah so we get the first hint of of names well I guess no the first hint was maybe on the phone because she hesitated giving him her name over the phone but that idea that that names are important and I think at this point Harry says you know that yeah if you give him your own name from your own lips kind of a thing that that gives somebody like him a wizard sort of the proper pronunciation and and emphasis and you know they could there's power in a name there's power in a name and they could yeah so so we get that yeah so she's obviously seen enough with hubby's dabbling to be concerned and be aware of some of these things but yeah at the same time harry's got a point and he's like i yeah if, if everything is a false trail how am i supposed to find him? certainly and also established in the just in the start of Stormfront is that, you know, the 21st century has sort of brought this new wave of magic believers to an extent. Obviously, it's kind of people who are always like, yeah, okay, but not really. But there's also a little bit on the edge of, yeah. you know, they're, they go and get their palms read and they sort of believe in psychics to the point where even the police are willing to hire a psychic expert. Yeah. Um, so again, it's a little bit like, okay, your husband is dabbling in this, but even the 21st century attitude is a little bit like, Maybe. maybe we're not going to admit be. it but like also maybe yeah yeah I did really enjoy the fact that he had to get the job from Monica he that he plays up his wizardliness <laughs> oh yes he fulfills some of her expectations his, and folding yeah. his hands together yes stooping his fingers and, and stuff yeah play he's into like the stereotype. yeah he's like obviously she has some expectations of what a wizard should be so yes i will give them to her so she feels better about her choice or whatever that yeah yeah so yes which was, certainly i mean most people looking at a you know 20 something year old <laughs> well yeah right 25 year old what the fuck are you gonna do for me mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly exactly so, so anyway, so so like you said, Harry gets this uh, envelope with five hundred dollars cash. He also receives a uh, possession of uh, Monica Sell's husband, which is a in dried, all senses possibly. Yeah, this this yeah creepy ass dried, dried scorpion cor- on a yeah. leather cord, you know, which instantly gives Harry bad juju, possibly just because it is a dead animal. <laughs> Yeah, partially I think like that's it. It's just creepy. He hates the, the fact that it would have been against his skin when he wore it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, that the way it was hung scratching. on the talisman, the claws and things would have. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, what? Like the thing isn't necessarily inherently bad or evil in and of itself, but just everything about it doesn't really like. You're not really using it for anything good, you know. I'm like mm-hmm. scorpions are poisonous and icky and this dried out husk is icky and gross and yeah it would be scratchy and pokey against your like yeah he's like basically I, I don't see anybody doing anything happy and jolly with this thing so yeah it's just all around kind of a and then I love how he sort of like totally gets like wigged out by it like he's making his phone calls and stuff because yeah once Monica finally and you can tell she is like pretty eager to get out of there when she finally gives up sort of the necessary details and then she's like gotta go get the kids out of school gotta go bye see ya and like basically runs out of there kind of a thing so but yeah so I love how Harry's first step is like well let's just check the morgues and hospitals <laughs> which fair I mean that is a pretty 
standard i think right but yeah he's like making calls and this thing is just like creeping him out and he like like i don't even think he touches it if i remember correctly he like sweeps it yeah well, he like he uses, uses the envelope, envelope or, or whatever and, like sweeps it into a drawer and closes it he's like mm, i don't know i'm not saying anything but not today <laughs> not today scorpion not today uh and on that uh aladdin just before her exit she does tip him off to a lake house that they also own Yes. Uh, yeah. By their their Chicago vacation Lake. house. Chicago Lake. Lake Michigan. Yeah, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that is the Chicago Lake. <laughs> yeah. Might uh, be important, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. Later. Chicago Midwestern, that's all. We yeah, apologize listen. to all our Chicago listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they call it Chicago Lake, especially them. <laughs> they're like fuck the rest of the states and shit this is chicago's laying claim to it i'm just saying i mean i think most of chicago would say fuck illinois except well maybe they're gonna fuck their own state well because chicago is in illinois i know michigan is the next okay my point though is that you know okay um yeah chicago and it's state of michigan Mm -hmm. uh anyways (laughs) so that yeah, Harry starts looking at morgues and hospitals. Yeah, uh, he's pretty psyched about his retainer. He can actually pay off his. <laughs> so psyched, he goes for lunch. That's really <laughs> step yeah, I know. He's like, I have money. I'm gonna go eat something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that would bring us um, basically to chapter five. Then that is chapter five. That is chapter four. Now chapter five. Well, it I brings I, us to yes, chapter is five. what. Yeah, I was agreeing with. Yeah. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, so <laughs> we're just that should be our tagline. <laughs> That's Welcome our jingle. Episode three. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, our <right>, jingle. <laughs> um, We've no clue. <laughs> Which okay, you have to. Leave. So this is okay. So my chapter five summary part with a little change in his pocket, going jingling a ling. Which actually fits in with all of that. <laughs> the song, anybody know? Omnipotent. Got a little no. change in my pocket going jingle. No. Don't hand me no lines. Don't keep my love on us. Or no. Um, you must have dreamed it. Oh, my God, what the heck is it called? Well, it doesn't um, have a name because it doesn't exist. Shut up! I'm going to beat you. Do I keep this? What, <laughs> what is going it, on? It depends how it plays out in the end. <laughs> Select all, delete. My honey, my darling, don't put my love upon my shelf. She said, don't hand me no lines and keep, keep your hands to yourself. yourself. Uh, okay, no. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how it starts. He's like, got a little change in my pocket going jingle-ling-a-ling. And he's going to call his baby up. And she's like, mm. Right? That one part, part, part you sang and we all recognized is actually the only part that's ever been published. Yeah, okay. And you rewrote the rest of it. <laughs> I'm just saying, as long as you all recognize that part, sure. that was it. He has a little change in his pocket going jingle-ling-a-ling. Harry. So chapter five. <laughs> Harry sings a song. <laughs> I don't think Harry ever sings a song. But he should. I'm sure he, he does. He whistles once or twice to be annoying, I think. Yeah, I'm sure at one point he had to have sung a song. Maybe. Maybe in the shower. <laughs> Usually he's just getting... Well, I mean, he does start playing guitar later on. I think he never sings along with it. That's true. Right. Maybe. Maybe he just hums or whistles. Maybe. Maybe so. Don't know. Okay. So chapter five. <laughs> Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> the most important meal of Harry's day. Our namesake. He goes to Macanelli's Woo-hoo! pub. 
Dresden heads to McAnally's pub. He discusses his doubts about a new street drug called Three Eye that supposedly gives users second sight. He's interrupted by Susan Rodriguez, who is looking for a story for the arcane. She convinces him to go on a date. So, uh, yeah, Harry heads up to our namesake, McNeil's Pub. It is a uh, hole-in-the-ground, old-world, dingy-to-an-extent pub. Yeah. It's, uh... He likens it in the description. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure here, but at later points, so I don't think this is really a major spoiler, but likens it to Cheers, where you had to sort of go down the stairs into this sort of basement pub as opposed to an above ground sort of. So for those of you that are familiar with Cheers. And this uh, is certainly more of a word of mouth sort of establishment rather than on y- the map. Um, yeah, this is not your... McDonald's type franchise big name. Certainly no. Civilians are not coming in here on the uh, daily. It is much more if you know of this place, you have to have an extent of knowledge about the supernatural world. You're somewhere at least on the fringes of... Or know someone on the fringes. Or know someone on the fringes of... Yeah, Um, it doesn't really... So yeah, so Max kind of um, um, attracts and accommodates... That, that sort of supernatural crow at two Under varying degrees. Yeah. So you don't all have to be big, powerful, wizard like Harry, but your little kitchen witches or your slight psychic. A sense of disturbance s- in the fourth. Sense of disturbance in the fourth. Yeah, exactly. Right. Any of those kind of people, this is the kind of place that they will sort of find out about and sort of gravitate to. And as such, um, Mac has set it up to disperse the grumpy energies around of any wizards sort of and things. Uh, yeah, wizards so. and anyone else who happens to come to this establishment it's quite yeah he makes it so that things are so again alluding back to like Harry's problem with technology and screwing it up and stuff like that Max has like no electronics he's got no fancy jukeboxes he's got like an old player piano um, he doesn't have any like video games and TVs and things like that that most pubs and bars have now mostly um, because they probably explode it's exactly Ooh. why yeah that's exactly it it's like they're not gonna last with with those kind of people in there so and ultimately the draw is not entertainment but max famous ale and steak, steak sandwich. sandwiches <sighs> which at least Ooh. two out of the three of us can relate to someone has not mature enough yet to appreciate a good steak sandwich <sighs> but wow. that's okay we may that may be part of her indoctrination through this process. Right. Is we may have to. That's she, it. After the podcast, we're all going for steak sandwich. Yeah, are just we talking about me, or we're talking about you. Yeah, Jess is eyeballing us. Like, what are you talking about? Um, I eat steak sandwiches. I don't drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I really like brown ale. What are you talking about? <laughs> I really like Coke. <laughs> I have, see, there you go. That's that's your connection. Um. What was I say? Oh yeah, so the, the bar, the um, he's got thirteen pillars in random spots. He's got thirteen tables laid out randomly. He's got thirteen stools at the bar. So thirteen fans. It is quite the uh, thirteen f- lazily whirring fans. That magic displacement, disbursement, es- displacement. Es- yeah, disturbing, disrupting, established ganza. Whatever the word is, extravaganza. That's the word. Um, yes, so we get a sense here that 13 
is sort of a magically unfriendly number. The unmagic number. The unmagic number. <laughs> yeah, it is not. Yeah, not the magic number. The unmagic number, or at um, least you know a net zero, if not a negative. Yeah. So it helps to just kind of break that up. It doesn't make any sort of. I, again, I think the sort of the odd numbers of it exactly right whereas if you had like even numbers it's easier to place them out in even patterns and have right and he's just not doing that he's just breaking up the flow of energies to make sure that that people's auras right just the general tempers and things of people don't clash too much and then again right that that technology um, flummoxing kind of thing isn't so yeah so Harry mentions that it's, it's a little bit delicate for him because being a very tall person almost seven feet tall and and that max place is kind of a low ceiling so he has to really be careful of those ceiling fans going all the time he's like really have to be careful of how I walk around but basically yeah and honestly it sounds like the kind of place I would love to go to like again it just sounds like this awesome right. little quiet pub where yeah. Oh, Until oh. Harry Dresden shows up. Until Harry Dresden <laughs> shows up. And yeah. Certainly. He, it, is, it is generally depicted to be a very uh, easygoing, you know, this isn't meant to be friendly. You know, um, you know, it's not pretentious. It's not trendy. Well, yeah. It's not like, you know, the Magic World's raving nightclub where, you yes. know, it's, it's much more very like low Irish level, pub. comfortable. Yeah. relaxating. Yeah. yeah, I think Harry's description is really mm-hmm. good, that when he first found McAnally's pub, he says he felt like a wolf returning to an old favorite den. Right? It just, this is my place. Just feels this right. Is, yeah, this is my peep. So, and I just sort of mentioned, too, that, like, he recognizes a lot of people by sight, at least he doesn't necessarily know sort of who they are, but has a bit of an idea of... Certainly the supernatural crowd, or at least Max patronage is a regular. Yeah, right. Of. So, yeah. So, he recognizes several of the people in there. Um, and I can't remember if it's this initial description that he sort of mentions a couple of them. Like, um, you know, like a couple of guys that have a talent for checkers or something like that, you know, and that sort of a thing, right? So, it's that low level. But some of them, he knows sort of what they are or aren't capable of or whatever but without necessarily knowing them or being buddies per se with them but but mac knows him right he's definitely well with this chapter it also introduces two of her two main characters um susan and mac himself and mac himself yeah who you don't learn a lot about but you still just kind of like him he's that solid sort of the strong, silent the type. The strong, silent type. Yeah, he doesn't talk very much. He doesn't, you know, like Harry will sort of prattle on inanely, which I can't Very regular to. and steady presence throughout but, both Harry's life and the books. Yeah, yeah. He just is who he is. It's like he can't quite peg his age or, you know, whatever. But Mac just, yeah, stalwart, good old Mac, making his ale, cooking his, his food. Um, and then, yeah... Harry gets all freaked out at first because they're chatting. Well, this is the thing. This is where Harry's perusing the newspaper first. And there's a headline about the, th- the three-eyed drug. And Harry's like, mm. so that's, we find out in the story that these kids, like, took this drug and then, like, basically burned down a shop because it was destined to do so and it was going to happen anyway. So they, you know, beat Some sort of hallucinatory drug that boasts... Uh, Seeing into another plane of existence, or yeah. seeing things as they really are. Yeah, uh, opening that third uh, eye. Exactly, opening that third eye, which, as 
And Harry just thinks this is BS. He's like, nah, no, I don't, I don't see how a drug could do that. Like, I don't see how anybody could actually Which make that happen. He mentions that he even reports that to the, the, the police, to the SI, that he thinks it's baloney at that point. I don't know. He says, no, that's right. He says, he says if there was really something to it, SI would have called me in already. Ah, that's yes. what it is. Yeah. He's saying, yeah, he's like, SI has not called him in to consult on this supposed supernatural drug kind of a thing or supernatural causing drug. But yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's part of why he discredits it. He's like, yeah, he's like, nah, that department would have called me in if this was really <laughs> anything to look at. So yeah. And Max is kind of like, mm, sure. And then he's like, Harry, you were followed. And Harry had been too tense for too much of the day to not feel his shoulders tighten up under his jacket. It's almost a direct quote. The, the first sure. part I had. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been too tense for too much of the day not to feel my shoulders restrict. And anyways, um, uh, at this point, as you said, uh, soon to be main character, Susan Rodriguez, uh, yeah. introduces herself to the Dresden Files. <laughs> Indeed. And I sort of like how he's like, oh, hey, Susan, without turning around, and she all, like, freezes up, and he's like, ha, 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 people, like, automatically assume everything's wizardry, you know, he's like, totally wouldn't think that, like, I smelled a perfume, <laughs> you know, and he uses that, he doesn't correct her or anything like that, right, like, I kind of like how Larry, ha- La- Larry, how Harry lets Famous some of these, wizard Larry. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that shows his, he's got really great You're a Larry, Harry. observation Larry. skills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, 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 he has. He he does have those sort of, and certainly we see every brought up in earlier episodes too. Is that a lot of his shtick is just being able to think, <laughs> yes. let alone not the magic even, but just his ability to put two and two together exactly. and and see. Yes, exactly. He he is a lot more observant than people give him credit for, and yes, as well as and, being very tuned into women, as we've also mentioned, as we being very tuned into women. Yeah, so um, yeah, so I kind of love that that Harry's just allows a lot of that to, to play along and he doesn't bother correcting people on things like that it's like hey if they want to think this is all mystical and crazy that's all right we'll let them think it's all mystical and crazy so yeah so susan's all like what oh my god and then yeah proceeds to try and flirt her way into some information on the grotesque hotel murders that harry attended earlier Hmm. Right, so uh, I, I didn't read it, so maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but we do find out who she works for and why and yes, all that, right? Ba- yeah, yes, okay. basically, as he introduces so, her, yeah, he's so like, yeah, um, um, Susan catches with the perfume Chicago and recognizes Susan, reporter for the Chicago or. Arcane, which we are debating because Jess and I, in, in later books, we had it more firmly in our minds that it was the Midwestern Arcane. So now we need to to confirm that. The internet said Midwestern, so I believe that that is a Jim Butcher mistake, that he is described the, uh, the uh, magazine in two, under uh, two different t- names. Yeah, so he might have initially introduced it as the Chicago Arcane, but then proceeds, you know, 99% of the time thereafter to refer to it as the Midwestern Arcane. Uh, and if any of our listeners have any opinion, feel free to go onto the Keep it to yourself. Blog. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and... Uh, let us, know, let us know what you think the actual name of the... Head on Discord for the discourse. Yes. Head on over to Discord for a yes. What you think the actual name is. A Discord, a Discord. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. It, do, it does, yeah. Basically, as part of her introduction, says she works for this mostly yellow rag. So, it's basically like your your supermarket tabloid. The National Enquirer. I was going <laughs> to say, I was about to, but I'm like, can we name names? Is that... 
Yeah, so it's yeah, it's basically your your. Please nat- don't sue us. Please don't sue us. Yeah, <laughs> love your magazine, newspaper thing. Um, Susan Rodriguez proves that they're not baloney. <laughs> that sometimes, yeah. So so yeah, he's like most of the time it's yeah shape shifting alien Girl Scout or whatever. Toads but, raining from the sky. <laughs> insane nonsense. But occasionally, occasionally, yeah, she actually, they, they do it's get it right, and it's a real sort hairy, of supernatural. Yeah. But it, because it's buried in with so much of that other stuff and such a sensationalized kind of paper that, yeah, right. most Harry, people did, yeah. Harry points out that it's yeah. unfortunate that Rodriguez has an eye for the legitimate scope, but works for such a discredited newspaper because, Yeah, because she know. herself is actually a damn good reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and does her work and does it well and and uses all of her assets exactly yeah and harry and is she one tries to, throw. to use them all on <laughs> and, and harry does occasionally throw her the bone every once in a while but never giving her too much well, so stop chuckling yeah. <laughs> spoiler choose your own adventure go to chat <laughs> episode 71 <laughs> Uh, yes, well, yes, she, she, she tries to convince Harry to indeed throw her a bone and tricks him into a date. Yeah. Um, but yes, Harry does sometimes give her bits and pieces on sort of trivial fluff pieces, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they so they have a, a very, very loose working relationship already. They're well aware of each other and yeah, have been working together. To a point. Yeah, I think this is where they mentioned their trip down. Uh, Dresden had mentioned he'd recently done a quick case for someone in Branson, Missouri, who thought their house was haunted and kind of turned out to be nothing. And Harry couldn't really charge him much for anything because he didn't really do anything. Um, but Susan had sort of followed down on that story and. And so he's asking her about how Branson turned out. And she's like, oh, it's great. He got like this fake psychic and they did like a whole big show. And it was like pretty glitzy. And Harry's like, yeah, whatever. Walk there. You know? And so. certainly also to maybe give a point to Susan, too, is that uh, her eye for detail or journalism is that she was kind of on Harry's case just about as soon as he'd opened the business. Yes, she was one of the first people to, you know, it wasn't like she him stumbled him upon in- him. It was somewhat right at the beginning that as soon as he put himself on the map, she was right there at yeah, the door. Yeah, as soon as he put an ad in the yellow pages that said wizard, she's like, hmm, how about an interview? <laughs> so, yeah, so now she now she wants wants the scoop on, on these exploding broken hearts. And Harry's like, no, no, this is way too hot for you. This is, you don't want to get involved. Like, he doesn't say it to her because he doesn't want to tell her. But he's like, mm, there's like mobsters and magic. And I just, I just don't want her getting tangled up in this. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it's, it's not really mentioned at this point. But, you know, he's had this case for all of an hour. And he's already spoken to, you know, detectives, mobsters, the reporters. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a little bit of the theme for the rest of Harry's life throughout this book. So is that... When Harry's involved, the world is involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once things start going, they get going. There's it really not snowballs. Yeah, yeah there's going. there's not a lot of downtime for Harry. It's things move pretty quick once they get going. So, yeah. So he keeps trying to discourage her, and she's not really having any of that. She she wants in on this, so she keeps trying to ask him questions, and he's like, no, 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 no. So she's like, want to go out? Would you mind going out with me? No. Wait, what? So she's like, ah, too late. We're going out Saturday. <laughs> so then Harry's got a decide to head out to the lake house tonight because now he's going to be busy with Susan and stuff in the future and Bianca and stuff. So 
He's yeah. got a real odd sense of timing. <laughs> like, it, it, I've noticed that he's already tried to see sort of double books himself all nearly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has. He keeps, well, keeps doing that to himself. I was gonna. It's so funny because you do sort of see like in the beginning, right, with Monica, he's like, mm, no, I don't know if I can. But ultimately, you're right. Yeah, like he'll he'll end up taking on all this stuff. And I mean. There are times where he's kind of like, oh, I don't really like I'm kind of busy right now, but somebody will tug at his heartstrings or his reason or, you know, and he kind of can't like, OK, I'll try and fit this into. And, yeah. you know, so he he does. He is somewhat able to say no, but sort of in the thick of things when stuff starts happening in, you know, in these. Yeah, it's hard for him sometimes to to not take on stuff and agree to help out or look into it. Right. And I think. Jim Butcher actually does that on purpose just so he can get that momentum moving for the books just to keep certainly keep it does help the story really roll but fast. it also to another point is also just it's an element of distraction it, I think well exactly and, and uh, you'll notice this as we get on to later books or even at the end of each book there's always a moment you know we're generally with Harry throughout the books but then there's always a moment right at the end of the book where there was always one conversation or one event that the readers are that never we were present privy to for. yeah and it's kind of always t- t- seems to be that, you know, Harry's got X, Y, Z all at once. So the reader's, you know, reading X and Y. And you kind of remember that Z was mentioned 12 chapters ago. But yeah, like, oh, wait, this all started off with a W. Exactly. And so, yeah, and I do. I totally think that's part of it. I think Harry gets so involved and in depth and and on the go, um, jam packed kind of a thing that that exactly that I think it helps you know, like not as, only keeps the story going, but it keeps, also doesn't. Yeah, give it keeps it to the you sort of jumping around well. where you're like exactly like you know at the time you might read it, you're like, oh, this is going to be important. I'm going to remember this, but then all of a sudden a bunch of other really hectic. St- so you kind of can't help, but like, and then it sort of comes. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, right, that was going to be, and then so he kind of floats. It's very good around. at misleading. Yeah, without actually misleading, because he's not really giving you any faults. He's just piling so much on there. It's just like a whirlwind. So much as Harry, I mean, that's much how Harry. Harry suddenly goes, oh shit, there was a W. Wait a minute, this is... Well, and Eureka. I think even like... Yeah. Like when you, I mean, when you read the book one, you do get into a little bit of like, oh my God, like what is it? There's so much going. And when you compare that to later books, you're like, oh, nothing even happened in book one. Like why yeah. were we even worried about it? <laughs> when you're actually reading them one at a time, you like, it, things start building up a lot more. And like, even though it's easy to compare earlier books to later books with like the level, it's like, no, those things don't even compare. But in the moment... There actually yeah. is still so much constantly happening, and it also helps add to like, like I know for me when I'm reading, if I'm getting into a part of the book where it's like, and I'm reading it like, like I myself am not having a hard time fully absorbing slowly when I'm getting into a fast paced part of the story. Like my eyes also start jumping through the text that much faster, and I start like. I don't yeah, need yeah. to read these thes and ands. Like, give me the, <laughs> I want these hard yeah. nouns right now and move on from there. And like, you know, right. And I think that's another part of just, again, the overloading and like, it keeps the story moving. It keeps the reader in suspense as much as it keeps Harry well, in suspense. Well, I was going to say, because you're kind of moving along, right, with Harry in that, right? Like you say, like, as Harry's just starting to kick it into a little bit higher gear. So are we, because we weren't really there. Like he said, most of everything up until now is like, mm, I find people's lost keys or like a coin collection or, right? It's pretty simple run of the mill 
blah right. blah and then blah. Harry walks down the street and a mobster shows up and you're like, okay. <laughs> and you're, yeah, so you're kind of like right there. So as things start to escalate for him, you're sort of right there to things. And exactly, it's like part of you is like, how, but you have to remember like, oh yeah, this is kind of Harry's kind of doing the same thing. Harry's like, what the fuck is this suddenly? Like, why do I suddenly have? Certainly. And it's also, again, the, and also like we've written about the words too. It's not like a character who's just constantly like, oh, I'm so sarcastic. I'm so sarcastic. I'm so sarcastic. <laughs> Harry legitimately does it. You also kind of yeah. witness the whole like, you know, Harry's never like, oh, well, you wouldn't know this, but in my, like, you're very much like, you learn it at the same time Harry learns yes. it. And it's like, yeah. like it, it, I think it helps to make, uh, again, this is more later on in books. You get very frustrated when characters don't believe Harry because you're like, how could you not no, know this? Yeah, like, yeah. We saw this already. How come no one ever believes this guy? Like, But it's also like, sometimes when you read other books, it's like, you almost empathize with the other characters too because you weren't there with them. But I find a lot of the time, Harry, like, it is a little bit more immersive sometimes because like, you're very much brought through the two plus two plus ten is twelve versus fourteen. I don't know how to do math. <laughs> Whereas a lot of other stories are just like you're supposed to know that everything is fourteen already, and just yeah, like, yeah. The author is telling you that it's supposed to be fourteen, except fourteen, but you very much more see Harry doing the two plus two, e yes. whatever sort of work, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which um, you know, oh, what was I going to say to that? Um, and, and Harry's course of, you know, where, like, sometimes you watch him go through the, oh, shit, moment two, right? Like, sometimes he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just a wizard. I know things, you know. But it's like inside he's like, yeah, I had no fucking clue what was going on, <laughs> you know. Like, and I kind of love that, too, where sometimes he, like, kind of plays along with it until he figures it out. Or sometimes he's like... Oh, I just realized this, but I totally acted like I already knew that already. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I just, I love some of that kind of, too, that you're going, yeah, you're like, what? What the fuck? And you're like, okay, yeah, Harry knows that, too. He and just, it has a real depth want. to the character as well, just because yeah. you yes. see those flaws. And, and, the fact and that also, you uh, just to throw in as well, you also kind of, like, you take this walk with Harry so often that it's also a little bit less frustrating for the reader, I think, because sometimes, you know, you like Harry's very strong in his convictions that sometimes when you see him say, you know, two plus two equals five, you are with him the whole time. You're like, yeah, two plus two does equal five. Like I was there with you for the first two and I was <laughs> yeah, there yeah, with yeah. you for the second two. It absolutely equals five. So sometimes you get like, you know, you do this whole walk with Harry where he does end up being wrong in the end and you're like, oh shit, like, cause you were with him the whole time. I think a lot yeah. of the time it also brings it back. Whereas like when other moves are making, when other characters are making moves, and that was especially prevalent in Battlefront when we a lot of other truths came out about other characters and it was like totally, totally blindsided Harry. It was also blindsiding us because it's like we were here yeah. for one we and two thought and we three knew and what four was, and five yeah. and you watch all this. And as much as Harry can be an unreliable narrator, you do this whole walk with him all the time that you're like, I feel like... Mm -hmm. As the reader, well, I, I know. And sort of to go back to that walk with him of like sometimes how he's like, oh, ha, 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 I'm not going to let them know. I think the other thing I like is that a lot of times he does. Like a lot of times he's like, yeah, I totally didn't have that shit figured out. <laughs> and they're like, well, what? And he's like, mm, yeah, no, I just I just realized that. Right. And I kind of like and appreciate that about him, too, sometimes. Right. That and I think it does keep his his enemies and probably his allies a little bit off balance, too. Right. Because he does this mix of being like, I know so much. And like, yeah, I have no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> Harry does his talk with Susan. He kind of throws her a bone, but not really agrees to that. He will meet up with her on Saturday. But yeah. that throws a wrench in his plans, which means he'll have to head out to the lake house tonight instead. Yeah. Which then brings us on to chapter six, oh, where Harry looks. does make his way out to the lake house. Indeed. Uh, uh, in his trusty blue beetle. <laughs> <laughs> the blue beetle. Oh, my God. I, I am less familiar with 
the namesake, the, uh, what was it? The telephone company or something? Was that the cartoon it came from? Um, but, 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 but anyways, you're talking about, uh, that's okay. The blue beetle was named after like a superhero character. Kind pretty of sure it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was named after the fact that his car was a blue beetle. <laughs> Allow me to skip <laughs> ahead to book four where nope. Elaine says the electric company. That's what it was. I can't believe you named your car after a character on the electric company. And yes, I think that part of the reason was because it was initially a blue Volkswagen mm -hmm. Beetle. Mm -hmm. And so it fit, like calling it the Tick or something, because the Tick was a blue bug. However. The Water Beetle? The Water Beetle is a play It took on, a long time for that name to click for me. Yeah, she never... Well, we're jumping ahead again. We can't put I that know, in yet. I know. But anyways, okay, so Harry heads out to the lake house. Harry heads out to the lake house. The Blue Beetle. The Blue Beetle is awesome. I love the Blue Beetle. Um, his, his mismatched... Um, ragtag patched up old multicolored car excuse me hiccups um, which he drives he explains because his mechanic has assured him it's like the easiest car in the world to fix and because it's like an older like 60s model Beetle it's not got anything too fancy there's nothing really computerized so most of the time it keeps plugging along and, and it's easy to get parts and fix. So when it does go, he's, what does he say? He can keep it running like eight or nine days out of ten or something is good enough for him. Something so, to that effect. Something and to that effect, yeah. Again, just reiterates the technology created before yeah, the Second World War. He's not driving no Lamborghini much or Ferrari, like. this guy. That's, that barely would get him down the street before it blew, yeah. Dresden returns home to gather some supplies and then drives to the lake house. He snoops around some, picks up a film canister, and then summons Toot Toot, trapping him in a circle, whom he asks if anyone has been around the lake house. Toot returns and informs Harry that there was a pizza delivery to mortals who had been sporting and needed to recover their strength. So, um, so yeah, so he stops at home and we get he, he alludes to this mister who I have to assume is a pet because he says he puts it in his dish but that doesn't really say anything more about it he just says he, he puts the, the steak leftovers in mister's dish and then he grabs like some bread and milk and honey in a backpack and a little dish set and hits the road so um, Lake Providence is just the other side of the border in Michigan um, so yeah and Harry didn't really he didn't get really any permission to go inside it so he kind of knocks on the door and stuff but like nobody answers so he's like all right whatever there's nobody here which i kind of get some of his, i don't know some of his his suppositions here like i don't know i don't have a lake house <laughs> his whole thing about the trash cans being a, and he does kind of spell it out he's like i guess it doesn't necessarily mean but the fact that the trash bins like weren't out by the side of the road that were back because I'm like well yeah it could have been the garbage bin he's like he could have paid a neighbor it just it was funny it was again maybe I'm not suburban enough maybe I'm not vacation lake housey enough it was one of those things to me that I was like it's great that you're giving us a clue I just I don't think I necessarily would have imagined the placement of the garbage cans to be anything significant at all Right. I don't know if that meant anything to you guys. If you were like, yeah, yeah, totally. They would totally be left by the curb if they put the garbage. Like, 
I don't know, it just was sort of one of those almost reaching to me. Like like you're throwing us like you're trying to hint something, <laughs> but it feels like you're having to it's put pushed it in. a little too hard. Pushed yeah. a little too yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just to me. And same thing, the fact that he's like, Oh, nobody answered, I'm like Again, maybe just me. I don't get a lot of visitors. I don't know we're coming and I'm not real big on like solicitors, so there are times I won't answer my door if I don't know who, you know, <laughs> like, if I'm, like, upstairs napping and I'm, like, fuck this, I want my nap, and somebody, like, knocks at the door, I'm, like, dude, it's probably someone selling me, like, a newspaper subscription I don't want, fuck them. That is a little bit of, like, you know, the difference between media and real life, because, you know, a lot of the time you see in a TV show where they knock on the door and no one's there, so all the cops pull their guns, it's like, no, nah, in real life, like... Yeah, in the bath, you can go fuck yourself. Like, leave yeah, it yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of like, it's like, oh, there's nobody home. And I'm like, okay, Harry, sure. But especially, I guess, just a little bit in that line of work, you'd think. But yeah, but he, he doesn't bust in and check things out because he's like, well, I wasn't really invited to. So that would just kind of be rude. And, and I think this is his first me- mention of like thresholds and that, that if he sort of goes because he mentions there's like a security system he's like oh that's not a problem because like he just like hex that down or whatever but breaking it might cause the alarm to trigger in and of itself and he's like plus you know if he goes through the threshold uninvited he's he's gonna leave most of his magic and power and defenses and stuff behind so he's like yeah it's just kind of rude i'm just not gonna bother i don't need to so he he snoops around outside and and finds the film canister under the deck so so see, to me, that I can conceivably, I'm like, sure, it could have been an accidental leftover from the 4th of July, or to me, that seems a more likely clue than garbage cans, but that's just me. Right, a little more feasible. That a little one. more feasible, right? Agree on like, that okay, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. finding a, a film under the deck, sure, that could be. Um, but yeah, we find out even that isn't of a whole lot of, of, of interest. He heads down to the, to the lakeshore itself, and this is one of my favorite parts, and this is definitely one of the ones because... <clears throat> when they first put out the little sound bites from the book is is one of the quotes from from this scene that that Marsters did and I'm like I don't really know what's going on I don't really know who these characters are but I was like this is like the best scene ever so um yeah he goes and and makes his little circle down by the lake shore are you typical summoning circle okay the average wizard you know Take out your chalk and do up a yes. containment circle. This is the first time we see him use magic. This is yes. the reader's first time, yeah, that we get to see him actually displaying his magical prowess. He really is a wizard. Yes. Oh it hasn't God. been talked this whole time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He just, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he scratches out, uses his pocket knife or something, digs a little circle in the earth, puts out his little... Um, dish set and, and the bread and milk and honey and the bread and milk and honey and the bread and milk and honey. So, um, you're offering your ritual, your <laughs> yeah, yeah, your your bait, your, your lure, doll set, your doll furniture, set. yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then he kind of he he sort of specifically mentions that he just like almost closes it, like he sort of seals it but not quite, and then he sort of backs off out of sight and calls a name. Capital N, yeah. So he does this whole big spiel on the importance of names and the power of names, and and now we find out the reason, one specific reason why. 
why with yeah with monica and all that kind of stuff is yeah because he's like you can sort of reach out and touch them he's like wizards collect names like a big old rolodex kind of a thing and so yeah same way you can reach out and touch somebody if you know their phone number a wizard can do the same thing if he's got your name and trap you in a circle and trap you in a circle so he called and it, it's sort of funny it's one of these things where i'm like it would probably never ever do justice so i never want to hear it but at the same time it's it it, it sparks that that curiosity in you cuz he's like this beautiful rolling litany of syllables right and it's just like this so sounds like such a beautiful mystical fairy name and he's like yeah and he just goes by toot toot so you're like but what's the real name <laughs> right but i'm like i don't ever really want butcher to actually do cuz it's one of those things that would probably never ever live up to your imagination or you know if you ever heard it you'd be like oh that's it but yeah but i love but yeah he just goes by toot toot so that's how well and he can't let us actually summon toot toot as well right yes yeah harry just giving those things out well to another point is that as you go through the books you'll discover that these are written very much as harry's journal so this isn't jim butcher's uh written Ooh. it's almost to the point of this is being written in the same style as lemon snicket it's yes y- you're supposed to be getting these th- there's a point that he's an unreliable narrator is that this is harry's personal accounts of each and every situation yeah, it's not so he omniscient. can't write down the name <laughs> he, yeah. he'd be you know giving himself a lot of duress <laughs> yeah 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 exactly well and i think he does say something about that too because he's like what was it he's like you think wizards just give this kind of information away yeah he's like this is my name yeah. i'm not just handing it out to people but yeah but it is have to maybe Chauncey. Oh. oh no! Too soon. <laughs> his, own, his own name, sure, but yeah, later on. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is. It is definitely something of a, a name is power in and of itself. Yeah. And so, right. combined with the offering to tempt and bring, and the circle to hold, you need the name to sort of catch his attention. Catch the attention. Yeah. And, and as with most works of fiction and a lot of the fairy world that. Jim Butcher has built upon takes a lot out of um, Shakespearean work, which is also indicative of several other works. But for the most part, he he follows loosely in the guides of yeah. A Midsummer's Night Dream, and that you must call the name three times to force their hand. You could only call them once or twice, but uh, the fairy doesn't, or the, the the being of any sort, fairy or otherwise has no choice but to act upon it upon the third utterance of it. Yeah, name. sort of obsessive compulsive. So, is, it's I quite Beetlejuice, be. Bloody Mary, any of those sorts of stories, it's the same thing. Yeah. On the third incantation of the name, you'd better be ready for whatever the hell you've called. Yeah. Because, yes, they they sort of... You've caught their attention and they are coming, so you'd y- better best be ready. <laughs> yeah, they are so um, disposed, I guess, yeah. to... And to, to Yeah. And to that point, the offering and the holding are not necessary to call them. No, they, that was more it so. It is really just their name. The other things are to just a help. To, to appe- <laughs> a courtesy, courtesy or a courtesy to help. To appease or whatever. Safety for yourself. Yeah. Any of such. Because when he, because yeah, when Toot comes in and then eventually takes the bread and that and Harry seals the, the circle and he's like, yeah, that's it. Because um, he mentions it there, right? Where he's like, uh, um, oh, what was I going to say? Him extracting, right, where he's like, oh, I, I kind of want some information, and you guys always sort of know what's going on. And he's like, yeah, 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 sure. And Harry's like, no, promise. And he's like, I promise, I promise, I promise, right? Like, oh, and I I, so I love this exchange with Tutu, right? He's like, Harry, you're taking all the drama out of this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you that just was such get a the, wonderful I moment. I know. Tutu's like, I'm going to 
fill your mouth with dung and your oh god, I wish I could you 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 ham handed flat. Ultimately, things don't big like being nose summoned. Mortal they take it worm. to be. Yeah, and he's like, oh, things don't yeah, like being summoned. Poke they take out it your as an eyes insult. and fill your mouth with dung and the whole. Yeah, and then he's like, come on, just and he's like, Harry, you're totally taking the drama out of this. Fine, yes, I'll help you. <laughs> he's like, can you not play along? Like, come on. Dude um, doesn't really mind all that much. No, no, he he has sort of have the protocol of being angry about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's an image. <laughs> it's it's an image to uphold and exactly and, and this game we break where where yeah, you got the hint that yes, two just sort of helped him out with little things before. Um but yeah, but it's like you gotta it's the drama. You gotta you gotta the play is the thing. Just like Harry. <laughs> sometimes you play into that wizard aspect. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, you have to be a belligerent fairy but yeah but that's where harry points out and he's like you know like when you see i promise i promise i promise and he's like you know anything said thrice or whatever means that yeah they're pretty much bound to that so the fact that at first it was like sure sure i'll help you and harry's like no 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 and yeah because he's like okay now that you've said it three times now i know for sure like you're definitely not gonna weasel out of it in in any way yeah 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 so um but yeah there's yeah i i love to too so ultimately speaking this chapter is kind of the reason for this entire podcast (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh it is i i i mean we put a lot of credence and credit and emphasis on murphy and marcone those are the first two you meet and then Mm -hmm. that's quickly followed up by susan and mac and those are just as important uh but toot kind of doesn't get the same credit but he's actually he, he he's doesn't like, necessarily he, make the same appearances impact? that the others do yeah but i think that when he is around his impact is actually quite telling and yes certainly that was definitely you know, one cause of my cause for yeah significance yeah no toot i absolutely adore toot mm-hmm. and his interactions with that initial sound clip of toot toot where so when he finally comes back so yeah he agrees to to go rustle up the information for for harry and takes off um and then when he comes back and gives his little rundown of of golden eyes was talking a blue blossom who was talking a red nose or something it's very quick it only like, takes a moment mega aspens yeah 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 and he's like these uh yeah um but that whole exchange of you know he's like they said then the pizza pizza truck arrived or whatever and harry's like Fairies like pizza. It's like, oh, Harry breathed you. Haven't you ever had pizza before? Of course I have. Toot look wounded. And you didn't share? <laughs> like, oh my God, that was one of the things. Best that line ever. Made me fall in love with all. I love the way Marsters read it. It was so sweet. And just, you can just like picture, like, Harry, haven't you ever had pizza before? Of course I have. You didn't share. <laughs> so yeah, I love how that like marks a whole new beginning in their like relationship and stuff like that. And he's like, "All right, I didn't know. I'll bring you pizza sometime." And he's like, "Yes, yes, yes." <laughs> that pizza goes a long way. That certainly goes, does, <laughs> right? So, but yeah, but that whole thing—it's just uh, yeah. Learning I, that the little folk like pizza may have been the most important thing Harry ever learned, <laughs> right? <sighs> Indeed, certainly the most uh, rewarding. <laughs> yeah. It the most dividends in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but uh, um, yeah, and so that's basically yeah. So then, so, yeah, so ultimately, Toot makes his promise and gets the information Harry needs. Keeps his promise, and yeah, yeah, he does yeah. it. 
incredibly fast. Within half an hour, yeah. He's yeah. like, usually two took about half an hour to round up whatever information I need. And, and true to that, he came zipping back across the lake. And yeah, so we found out that, yeah, they're, they're, they're speedy little doubles. Right. They are they are good and they are fast. And there's and enough of them that one has always seen something. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like Teed's got that good connected network kind of a thing that that golden eyes talk to blue blossom and talk to mega aspens who said she saw you know and yeah exactly right you're like heard from a friend of a friend of a friend of mine this is what's going down so yeah so he kind of like like he's um um sporting he's like toots reference to sporting <laughs> he's like yeah. they're generally not too interested in immortals um, concept of sports unless it involves a whole lot of lust and nudity <laughs> so Victor was having some kind of party for there to be any sporting involved if only more sports could be like that uh, well <laughs> if you harken back to the original Olympics the Greek Olympics had a lot of like naked wrestling and right nothing to interfere <laughs> with no I'm sure things popped up all the time no aerotite <laughs> <laughs> Right? No no clothes to weigh you down when you're swimming or running or wrestling or giving something to grab onto. You just, that just, was, you just, just went, just, right? It was just you and you alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so he. So sure, if sporting's involved, we're talking murder or sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Less than sway, so, yeah, exactly, right? Um, and, and ultimately that pizza had been delivered, hence this pizza conversation so harry's pretty much got to confirm that if no one's here now there certainly was there's yeah they're right exactly he's like yeah yeah i mean that's what he tries to like narrow down like well which pizza car and he's like harry the pizza. he's like okay fine the pizza truck the yeah yeah he's trying to narrow down for um for what the pizza place is you know give him a place to start looking or whatever and he's just like the pizza truck, Harry. Oh no, that was I was gonna say the um the penchant for for following necking teenagers and things like that. And I heard it brought up somewhere again where they were like, "There's we like the sex again and the things." And I'm like, "See again, this isn't necessarily to me, but you're focusing on like sex and and stuff like that and peeping." T- I was more just like, again, I think this is sort of um a verified sort of fairy trait Mm -hmm. and again i think it was speaking more to the to the mischievousness of of the fairies and that like especially the little folks like fine you know maybe queen of the fairies doesn't care much about but the little folk that aren't really doing a whole lot and aren't real important to fairy society as a whole that yeah they'd find this this titillating that you know teenagers getting together and thinking out and doing stuff and you know that sort of a thing and I, i i don't really find it a sort of Butcher himself being focused on it so much yeah, as just I don't following it, the uh, the, lore the lore kind yeah. of yeah exactly right and yeah, I'm like it, it is quite the thing that you know fairies and especially the lower ranks you get are typically you know one minded one emotion at a time and that's not really yeah a butcher and thing so the so semi pranksters and things like that right and mm-hmm. I'm like hello every urban legend out there is you know the parked at makeout point and finding the hook in your door handle and. Uh, yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, there's always things like you know where sure, every little town has their own kind has their of. own style. Yeah, and it's almost always involved. You know, like well, the teenagers went to make out somewhere and something happened, right? And so, I mean, to me, it's just that again. I'm just like, I just took that as sort of that humorous, playful naughty. Like they get it, but they don't really, you know, because I'm like, really, what's more awkward than, yeah, you're, you know, 16 and trying to 
make out with your boyfriend for you know and all of a sudden like your braces get stuck together or something you're like you know what i mean it's like that awkward amusing seems so typical like what a fairy would be up to be like ah, dumb mortals you know <laughs> we've all been there as, yeah as opposed to the fairies being like ooh, hubba hubba come on baby show me right it's like i don't i don't see it that way i don't see it as being as lecherous as as all of that right but um but yeah, and again, I can see being fairies being that different species, you know, that... The things they focus on are the just a little... Yeah, that they would find, like, human mating behaviors to be a little bit more, like, interesting and curious and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, we watch enough vid- uh, nature documentaries and stuff like that, right? But I'm like, yeah. Well, to an extent that, you know, the fairies can't lie, it must be that much more intriguing to watch these well, that's, idiots, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Transgress the dating right. world, which is like the biggest lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, what? Well, that too, right? Because tutorials are all about the tricking and misleading without actually lying. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's very much the relationship world. <laughs> no, no, my apartment is always this clean. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything special for you. I always cook a gourmet meal every night just for myself after work. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Harry figures, yeah, Harry's got some clues. He's like, all right, there was somebody here. There's a pizza place I can get in touch with to find out who was here. Like what, mm-hmm. who what did see? Yeah. And was what it did Buddy and his girlfriend? Was it like, you know, uh, uh, a Jeopardy party? Like what was Tommy Tom and Jennifer? Tommy Tom and Jennifer Stanton. Stan, like yeah. what was, yeah, exactly. Who was all going on? So yeah. So mm-hmm. he packs up his stuff and starts heading back to his car and then very large man. With a very large sword, <laughs> steps out and has a few words for Harry, <laughs> and that's where we leave off. <laughs> Wraps it up. This concludes our episode three: Pizza and Sporting. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcnallys.ca. There we have links to other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive. We are Free Flow Rambling, and thank you for listening. <laughs>